2: So, how many hotels would you say? Were you oh, every five-star five hotel in London. And what made you pick the Duke of Marlborough? Everyone's heard of it, but no one quite would recognise it. And did the fact that you were about 25 years younger... Yeah.
0: Did you think that might hinder your, your progress?
2: I, I didn't think it would, not and it didn't.
0: I'm Chris Atkins, and I'm a filmmaker who went to prison for tax fraud in 2016. I spent two and a half years in jail and have since written about it in my book, A Bit of a Stretch. I made good friends inside, and recorded some of their stories for the first season of this podcast. Sadly, a lot of them have now gone back to prison, some of them several times. And so I've written another book, Time After Time, asking why so many ex-prisoners re-offend. It follows a colorful cast of criminals who just can't stay out of prison and I'm going to dip into some of their stories for the second season of this podcast. The first episode is called The Fake Duke. It's about Alexander Wood, who was convicted of fraud in 2015 for staying in elite hotels, posing as a senior member of the British aristocracy.
2: Mr Wood racked up a tab of almost £3,000 here at Claridge's, Alex Wood checked into the hotel in May under the name
1: Lord Jamie Spencer, that's the Duke of Marlborough. The court heard that staff here didn't want to press him for his ID because they didn't want to create issues for a VIP client. But they soon became suspicious when he started buying drinks for the other guests and putting them on his tab, a tab he had no intention of paying for.
0: Good boy. Hello, how, you how doing? are you? I first met Alex in HMP Wandsworth and he looked after me in my first few weeks inside. I'm now meeting him in Mayfair, outside Claridge's Hotel, where he's frequently stayed without paying a penny.
2: So what uh, room did he stay in? So it was the Royal Suite, which I think is one of these up here. It's quite a lot of money, I guess, for oh. one of these rooms thousands a night so the reservation was for the royal suite i think plus 500 pounds a night extras for five nights and just talk me through how did you get to stay in there i mean did we just walk in and i simply phoned up made a reservation so you said what well, i'm the duke of Marlborough's pa right. executive assistant hi there phoning on behalf of uh his grace and they seemed to know who he was did they also like a credit card? Because that's what I do no. when I call up a hotel. No, and they the should have done. Cards. Absolutely should have done. So the stay was was the product of my effort, but also the gross stupidity and negligence yeah. of, of staff here, combined with greed, because they want to believe that they have a member of the an nobility staying here in their midst. And so you think they got quite excited that his? I think so. And so I think I think that led to them turning a completely blind eye to the. to to the whole thing. So the final phone call I made before turning up as the assistant, does his grace have any personal requests? And I said, well, obviously a bottle of chilled champagne in the room, some fresh fruit and a uh, warm flannel. Upon arrival, after a long journey to, 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 to wipe the day away. Exactly. And so upon my arrival over there, I was presented a silver platter with two, Steaming flannels on, rolled up like little pieces of spring roll. Where did you dab it? So I made this whole rigmarole, and I didn't think I can't do it quickly. It has to be. It has to be. He's asked for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's better. And then I took the flannel. That's like that. Take it away, the flunky. Yes. And if anyone's looking,
0: they're gonna say, "Oh, it's the Duke of Exactly. Exactly. That's what he does. And when you were in there, was there like, did you assume the character of the Duke of Marlborough? Were you in character? Absolutely. What would you sort of do to prepare? I mean, did you sort of invent like a cartoon toff to be?
2: You have to come over confidently. That's the most important thing, to come over confidently and ebulliently and over the top. And like, you don't give a shit about anything. You don't have a care in the world. You don't have a fucking job. You don't need a fucking job and you're rich as fuck. And who the hell are you to talk to me? Were they scared of upsetting the Duke of Marlborough? They're absolutely, absolutely uh, terrified of it. Imagine if you're a hotel member of staff and you got it wrong, and you made that call, and you got it wrong. But they could Google the Duke of Marlborough. Yeah, but even if they do, they're not going to make that call. They're going to be like, but well, you hang on. But look nothing like it. Yeah, yeah, but they were like, OK, it could be a son, it could be it could be a fucking brother, like, they, they, they're and not going to... the Viscount or the Earl exactly. or something. Exactly, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. not going to make that call.
0: Alex's scam was frighteningly successful and he hit at least 30 hotels in nine months. Once he got the key to his room, he started racking up thousands of pounds on the tab, which only added to the
2: impression that he was a real duke. Were
0: you t- using the
2: room service? Everything. Right. Breakfast in the morning, dinner yeah. in the evening room, so everything built to the room. Drinks. Um, drinks, the lot. Cigars, everything. So after five days, walked out the front door, no query. And at any point, was anyone twigging or was anyone kind of... I think oh, if just... they had been, then, then they would have said. I mean, I don't think I was doing anything that he wouldn't have done. Oh, were you there on your own? Uh, no, I had some girls staying there. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies You're, of the night. You had company. Oh, yes, I had company. Female company. So they didn't know you were attending to the Duke of Marlborough? No. Oh, they loved it. I had no idea. I'm
0: trying to put myself in a situation and thinking, look, if I did this, I don't think I'd enjoy it because I'd be thinking all the time. You'd be too scared. I'd be too scared. I'd be thinking all the time, that phone's going to go, there's going to be security and they're going to throw me out and I'm going to be fucked. So I'd have all this champagne but I wouldn't, I'd be so anxious of being busted that I wouldn't enjoy the the luxuries of this place.
2: I mean, the, the risk of it kind of turned me on. The risk of it turned you on? The risk of that happening kind of fueled the desire to make sure it was done properly
0: it seems quite audacious because it seems it is like, audacious yeah because it's so it's clarages like it's so yeah. synonymous with luxury yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and success but I
2: think because of that most people will be afraid of attacking it and, and most people will think well you, you, you can't try and defraud clarages so therefore no one does I mean, their guard's down their guard is entirely down it's the old thing with the you know the supermodel in the nightclub they simply don't get chatted up because everyone thinks they're out their mm. league so because they don't get chatted up if you actually have the front to try it yeah, yeah, yeah. they fucking love it and you get a good result is that happening to you with supermodels in light clothes quite, quite frequently everyone wants to know what it would be like to pretend to be a celebrity for a day yeah.
0: so in a sense you were doing that in there
2: I, I guess so but it, I wasn't enjoying adulation like I wasn't going down to the bar and signing autographs but, but I was simply getting the very best of service and the very best suite and the very best of champagne and food and everything else on the premise, on the basis that I was that person. And that was enough. The idea that I was that person was enough.
0: So here's the question. Yeah. Why were you staying in a whole
2: series of elite hotels pretending to be the Duke of Marlborough? Why? Why? I think, so, so I didn't need to. No, you had somewhere it, it to stay, was, presumably. Oh yeah, it wasn't It wasn't a crime of necessity. I think the decision to, to do it in the first place was, was a pretty pissed up one. This, this actually is, a, is quite a fun way to live. It's not sustainable by any stretch of the imagination, no. but it is, it is quite fun, and, it, and, you, and you meet some very interesting people, and it's, and, it, and it's possible to live this almost jet-set lifestyle without costing a penny. Entirely fraudulently, but very easy yeah. to achieve.
0: Alex was unlike any other prisoner I met in Wandsworth. He was from an extremely privileged background and had been a child prodigy on the violin. When he was eight, he was removed from normal education and sent to a special school for gifted musicians. He had to practice for hours and hours every day. And by his teens, he was one of the finest violin players of his generation.
2: Looking now at at, at offending, and and I I think there's certainly an element of, of breaking free from that structure. And then, and then trying to push the boundaries, I guess. Alex
0: performed with the best orchestras in the world. He played at the Queen's Silver Jubilee and on a Harry Potter
2: soundtrack, and has even appeared on stage with Elton John. I mean, we were being treated like, you know, royalty almost. I mean, we, we were being ferried all over the world, um, put up in five-star hotels, you know, sent to play at places that most people will never see. You know the inside of an embassy, or the inside of a sort of state room in 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 Paris or Berlin. So, yeah, I, I was kind of exposed to that from a very, very young age. Then. Did it normalise luxury? Yeah, completely normalised luxury. But this isn't luxury you'd ever see in Claridges. I mean, this this is opulence on a, on a completely different scale. Um, you know, sort of European palaces and so on, um, which makes Claridges look like Wandsworth Prison. But that that became completely normal so walking into Claridge's to commit a fraud I I didn't look at it like it's some the height of luxury whatsoever because my experience is is of much greater luxury so what Claridge's was a bit low rent well it was it was I mean Claridge's is a bit tired I think Claridge's needs a good lick of paint and (laughs) and a bit of a refill
1: ready to pop the question
2: I haven't, I haven't quite pieced together exactly what triggered my offending behaviour. I, th- I think the RSI was a real turning point.
0: In his mid-twenties, Alex was diagnosed with repetitive strain injury, or RSI. It's caused by excessive and repeated movements and leads
2: to severe damage to the muscles and tendons. So, so it's in my bowing hand, and that causes all the tendons down the arm, from the neck down to the arm, to tighten eight, eight hours, six hours a day for 20 years. It just seized up and stopped moving. So, so I, couldn't, I couldn't move my wrist at all. Um, I couldn't play. Um, and the career just came to a, 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 a sort of staggering halt um, and I couldn't do anything. And this has been your life since you were five. My life, my entire life, my entire thousands of hours of practice, hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of scholarships and tuition. So I had no other training, and that's the, that's the point. So, so I I I hit this barrier, suddenly couldn't work. I think I had a six thousand pound a month mortgage, which is fine if you, if you're earning twenty thousand pounds a month. But as soon as that income goes, you're you're pretty fucked pretty quickly. Um, so I was facing losing the house, and 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 yeah, everything everything quickly unravelled, and then yeah, I I, I think that certainly. Began the, the, the sort of downward slope towards offending, yeah. Do you think your privileged upbringing influenced the hotel fraud?
0: Like maybe you were trying to reclaim your old life.
2: No, I, I do. I, th- I think there was certainly a, a, some sort of link between the life I had lived, you know, the life of luxury that I'd become accustomed to, and the, the hotel fraud. I, th- I think I felt entitled to, to have that position. I think I felt a sense of entitlement to, to enjoy luxury. Although so, I recognise now I'm not entitled to it, but I, I, fe- I, felt, I felt that I probably was. I think Alex
0: developed a deep-seated desire for performance and recognition, even if he was being recognised as someone else. He didn't make money out of the hotel scam, but instead fulfilled his thirst for the privilege of his old life. His innate confidence got him through the door again and again, but his luck was never going to
2: last. So, where did you get caught? Great Northern Hotel. The first time, when I eventually did get arrested after defrauding every other hotel in London, um, five-star hotel, um, it was because of exceeding the tab by buying drinks for other guests. And why were you buying drinks for the guests? Because I was fucking hammered. The Great Northern Hotel would never normally have a member of the aristocracy stay. Right. So the whole thing was unusual for them. Right this Duke of Marlborough we, we'd never had a Duke stay here let's Google him and I think that's why I got Nick there you didn't know anything like him so they phoned the room and they said like yeah uh, Lord Spencer we need you to come downstairs okay, so they used your fake name oh yeah, yeah. And, I, and I knew obviously there was they, they smell a rat so, so you think your number like, was up yeah so I grabbed my bag my case and I was like okay I'm going to fuck off went downstairs to fuck off and then they were all there and they were it was, it was quite late at night, and I remember the, all these police vans outside. There were like three or four vans, Wow! so a bit of an overkill. And I think it's because it was right next to St. Pancras station, so it was a bit of a... Oh, the some terrorists yeah. aspect to it. Um, and I remember it was, it was quite late at night, and, and the whole of the side of St. Pancras station was lit up in like blue flashing light. So then I was arrested, taken into custody, and then, and then three hours later bailed. Four hours later, I was doing the same thing again. No, you weren't. Yeah. That night, see that to me is remarkably insane. Yeah, you went straight back out. Well, yeah, because it's middle of the night, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, can't leave me here in these circumstances. So I slightly varied the mo, and then kicked it off again. You walked out of the police station. Walked out of the police station. Within an hour, I was checking into the Mayfair Hotel under a, a false name. And you got in.
0: Yeah. One of Alex's bail conditions was to avoid any reoffending and he broke this within an hour of being released from police custody. This time, he pretended to be an executive from British Airways who was staying on the company account. Once again, nobody checked this out and he carried on blagging hotel suites for several more months, even though his arrest and photograph were all over the press. So you got right back on the horse? Right back.
2: And then the second time you got rested, yeah. that's when they remanded you. So, so I booked into the Mayfair Hotel. Um, nice? Very nice. But for like, probably the fourth week on the trot. So I'd, I'd do five days at a time. And this was the fourth or fifth stay. So step. you were just
0: consecutively
2: staying in hotels. You yeah. weren't going home or going to No, no, stay no. Consecutively else. staying in hotels. Consistently. So you get move, leave one place, go check Go to another for a few nights. But I, I quite like the Mayfair. So I went back there a few times. So it was about the fifth stay back at the Mayfair. I went up to the suite. So, so they let me check in. Went up to the suite. Had a shower. And I was completely fucking naked. And I just got out of the shower. There's a bang at the door, on, at, at the hotel door. And I, and I spoke through the door, I was like, hello? And they are and like, yeah, um, it was the hotel manager. And he said, yeah, the, these police officers want to talk to you. Can you open the door? No way out. No way out. The
0: second time Alex was arrested, he was remanded in prison, as he'd re-offended whilst on bail. He was sent to HMP Wandsworth, which is where I met him in 2016. The evidence against Alex was overwhelming, as the police obtained CCTV images of him checking into Claridge's hotel so he pleaded guilty, hoping for a lighter punishment. Illustrious figures from the world of classical music wrote the
2: court pleading for leniency, but the judge wasn't in a forgiving mood. He threw the book at you? Absolutely, and I, and I think it was just because of the use of the name of, 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 of somebody in the aristocracy. So then you were remanded? Then then you... I was remanded because I, it was a clear breach of, of, of bail. That's what they're saying to once. By virtue of re-offending, a lot of re-offending, whilst on bail. Yeah, yeah um and that and that made the sentence go up significantly so that's why you got what three and a half years three and a half years for you know quite quite a trivial in a isn't what wasn't a multi-million pound no. offense
0: um i suppose the owners of this hotel would say it wasn't trivial
2: you know oh the owners of this hotel don't give a shit i've, I've stayed here since i've just <laughs> just had a drink just had fucking lunch
0: but the fact that you had come from quite a privileged background yourself yeah you weren't just some You know, tramp who's smashing a shop window to get somewhere dry to sleep.
2: No, no. You're sort of. It wasn't a crime of necessity. It was a crime of greed. Yeah. Uh, And he said that in sentencing, and that didn't help. um, You you pled guilty. I pleaded guilty. Yeah. So even after with a third off, got three and a half years. Did that feel excessive? It did, and and that's and that's very much why I came out of prison disgruntled and ended up reoffending
0: prison is supposed to rehabilitate inmates and steer them away from re-offending, but it had the exact opposite effect on Alex. In Wandsworth, he met the perpetrator of the largest ever banking fraud in the UK. When they got out, the pair went into business and unleashed a devastating new crime wave. The police believe they stole over £50 million and ruined dozens of lives. It made the hotel scam look like a parking violation You can read the full story of the Fate Duke in my new book, Time After Time, along with other tales of colourful repeat offenders. Has it sunk in, the change?
2: No. Because this is like a dream. This is like, you know what I mean? That's how it feels like every time I get released. It feels like just a fucking daydream. And then I wake up back in the cell, back to reality. You see, the amount of prison I've done now, it's lost its effect on me. So I don't care about prison.
0: That's my friend Ed, who I met at HMP Spring Hill. We got out at the same time in 2018, but he's since been re-imprisoned four times for supposedly breaching his licence, despite not being convicted of any further offences. You can hear his crazy story in episode two. This has been A Bit of a Stretch, the podcast. It was written and produced by me, Chris Atkins. It was edited by Aidan Lyons, and the music was by Vincent Watts. You can hear a lot more about these characters in my new book, which investigates why so many prisoners re-offend again and again. It's called Time After Time, and it's available now.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.